What's going on, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy, and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love, and let's just jump straight into it. Well, we're back with a second round of this new format of the podcast that I've, uh, you know, wanting to kind of introduce, and the result or the response from last week's podcast was nothing but positive and people really enjoying the um, approach that I was taking uh, with, I guess, being a bit kind of more to the point and really just pounding out the, I guess, the idea around the podcast, giving some actionable um, takeaways that you can uh, move from it. And so I really do hope you enjoyed that doing is the ant or listening to doing is the antidote to suffering um, podcast that I did last week. And we're going to roll straight into this week's podcast, which came about because I had a comment from a client who shared with me the fact that they were feeling pretty unwell this week and uh, they had taken it upon themselves to, um, well, let me go back one step. This past week, um, the 5 in 10 program that I run, I had um, the participants in that um, this particular week say no or find the power that can come from the word no. And that might mean you know your boss might ask you to stay back after work to do something and you saying, no, I can't do that. I have X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. Um, but I guess saying no to things that take up time or take up your life. And um, I love the idea that you know time is life. And when people are asking to take that time from you, they are asking to take part of your life. And you really need to take note of whether allowing them to have or allowing you to give that time away is actually a value uh, to your life or is it subtracting from your life. And so I really pushed people this week to say no. And this particular comment came about because this particular client was feeling unwell and usually they would just go in, keep charging forward, say yes to, I guess, oh, I feel crap today, but I'm going to go in even though I probably shouldn't be. She was feeling unwell and so she said to herself, no, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to really take care of myself. And she made a comment on that in that, you know, you're very quick to value your health when you're sick, but we're not always so quick to value our health when we're not uh, when we are well. And it just sparked an idea in my head, which I guess is now why I'm talking about it on this particular podcast today. And it kind of in my head sounded like the reverse to taking out a car insurance policy in that we always take, well, we tend, most people take out insurance on um, their car or house and contents or whatever we're taking insurance for. For that you know, chance, be it small chance or be it a large chance, that something's going to go wrong. You know, so someone might run into the back of our car, we might ride it into a fence and ride it off ourselves, whatever it might be. But we're taking out that insurance as an insurance policy against the fact that something's going to go wrong. However, we don't do that with ourselves. What we do is we wait for the accident to happen and then try and take out some insurance um, on it. And when I say insurance, take out action. And so, you know, for most people, when we're feeling really good, we just kind of go about life as if everything's going to be continue to be really good, not putting into, I guess, putting back into ourselves to make sure that we're putting in little insurance policies along the way, even when we're feeling well, that they're there going to be helping us out when we're not so well. Instead, what we tend to do these days is we just keep on plowing through life, no matter how how we feel, whether we're feeling good or not, just keep plowing on through life, where that might be, 
you're feeling sick, but you're going to work anyway, or you feel like you know things are getting on top of you, so you feel like I've got to do I've got to do even more to try and get on top of them. Again, instead of taking a step back and realizing, you know what, I'm not at my best at the moment. I know I'm not unwell, and I know I'm not sick. But if I keep going down this pathway, I am going to, and then I'm going to have to be forced to take something. And so, you know, the healthcare is the healthcare system, I should say, and I've been in it for now 15 plus years working as an exercise physiologist and I've worked with many allied health um, you know, professionals in that, be them osteos, myos, chiro, um, chiros, um, you know, all matter of different allied health professionals as well as doctors, be them surgeons or general practitioners. And I will say, you know, being in that industry, I actively push to have a proactive approach but more often than not, it's a reactive approach. And the healthcare system itself is very much geared around a reactive approach. And what I mean by that is that if someone is unwell, they then go to their doctor and say, doc, I'm unwell. The doctor then says, cool, we should do something about that now. Rather than going to the doctor and saying, doc, I'm great. How can I continue to be great? How can I prevent myself in future you know, from particular diseases or issues that might be coming up. What can I do now and what can I start doing now to kind of start laying the foundations to make sure that I continue to stay great rather than waiting until I get sick and then kind of doing something about it. And I've spoken about this in um, a presentation I've given to a couple of different uh, companies over my time in giving corporate speak, um, speaking events and things like that. But I've speak, spoken to this idea around investing into your superannuation of health rather than superannuation of wealth. And we all understand the concept of superannuation when our workplace or you do it yourself and top it up, but we all put in some money now so that in 20, 30, 40, 50 years time, whenever retirement comes around, you've got this little nest egg that's been you know, bubbling away and hopefully earning um, and kind of you know increasing in value over time. So when you retire, you've got a little nest egg that you can rely on for the later years in your life that you know you are financially secure. However, the concept of doing that for your health is not something that people consider, and kind of investing into that superannuation of your health is a very very profitable. And when I say profitable, I'm talking just about your health here profitable investment to make. And at the end of the day, the choice of what you do is up to you. And you can choose the pain that it is to put in that effort now. And there is a pain to that. And we'll talk about that in a second. Or you can wait to deal with a pain that comes from dealing with issues later down um, the road that are going to come up with your health if you've been I guess, actively not partaking in taking care of your health. Now, you might have an Uncle David that smoked and drank his whole life and he got to 99 years of age and never had an issue, never um, you know, felt, never had any you know, heart issues, lung issues, felt bad. He had a full bill of health his entire life. He never exercised and, as I said, he just drunk and, drunk and smoked his whole life. You could also, on the flip side, have Uncle Bob who exercised his whole life ate very well, did everything he could possibly do to you know, invest into his superannuation of health, and he dies of cancer at the age of 50. Now, they are two very extreme kind of outliers on the positive side and the negative side, but the vast majority sit in the middle of that in that people who are excessively drinking, excessively smoking, 
um, you know, doing behaviors or partaking in behaviors that are negative to their health and not partaking in behaviors that are positive for the health. That person, that scenario, more often than not leads to a pathway where you're going to be living an unhealthy life later in life. You might not feel those effects right away, but more than likely at some point, your body's going to come to cash in and say, I need you to pay back that debt for all of the nasty that you've done to my body. And that payback is going to come in some form of detriment to your health, whether it is cancer, whether it's type 2 diabetes, whether it's a heart attack, stroke, liver disease, whatever you want to kind of say, the body is going to come asking for that at some point. On the flip side, if you're someone that does actively try and invest into activities that are positive for your health, be that eating plenty of nutrient-dense foods, lots of hydration, exercise, sleeping well, trying to decrease stress, working in a job that you love rather than a job that you hate, that job that gives you purpose and fulfillment, all these kind of things that are positive behaviors for your life, that person is far more likely, again, to be living a long, healthy, happy life that is void of major issues that are going to come up with health as we age. And so I really want to get across the point and the idea that, yes, it is hard. And this goes back to what I was just saying before in that choose your hard. Yes, it's hard to day in, day out, always having to be thinking about acting on the I guess the behaviors that you need to be putting into your body to invest into your health for the long term. It's not easy to have to get up early and go for that morning run or that walk or head to the gym. It's not easy to have to always, you know, be thinking about the food that you're eating and making sure that you're making more often than not good choices around the foods that you're eating, that we're leaning more towards those nutrient-dense foods, higher protein, really getting in our veggies and our fruits and all of those varieties of different foods and steering away from the more highly processed foods. I'm not to say that you have to do this 100% of the time, but it's something you have to do more consistently than what we tend to see for people who overweight unhealthy who are tending to have more highly processed foods, not cooking at home themselves, ordering out a lot, all of these different kinds of things. It is hard to do this day in, day out. And you can have any fitness influencer and fitspo person um, they want saying, this is easy, just do this, just do that. It's not. If they're telling you it's easy, either they've never lived um, or worked with people who are you know, dealing with health issues around their health and have troubles with controlling the amount of food they eat and the sleep that they get, the exercise they do, and all of those things that you know come with everyday clients that you know I have worked with for over 15 years now. They either have never worked with them or dealt with it them themselves, or they're full of shit and they're trying to sell you something just to make it sound super easy. And here's my package that you can buy that's going to make it super easy. Don't fall for this garbage. It's not easy. But the caveat to that is, is that you've got to choose your hard. Yes, that's hard, but I can promise you to the nth degree that it is significantly easier to choose that hard than it is to do nothing now and have to deal with the hard of the health ramifications that you're going to have to deal with later in life. It is so much more difficult to start getting moving, eating well, getting proper sleep, when you're dealing with type 2 diabetes, 
when you've just had a heart attack and you're dealing with maybe a bypass surgery that you've just gone through or open heart surgery for a replacement of a valve or a repla- you know a, you know a couple of bypasses um, that they're putting in through or a pacemaker that they're putting through all of these things that are coming for you if you aren't actively putting into your health and well-being now are going to make it significantly harder to actually act upon that later in life not only that it's just hard to live with those kinds of conditions. Type 2 diabetes, For it really, really annoys me that so many people go, oh, there's medication for type 2 diabetes and they're very good medications these days. I'll just live with that. Yes, there's some great medication medications that can help out when you've got type 2 diabetes, but you don't want type 2 diabetes. I have worked with those people at the end stages of type 2 diabetes when They've had a leg amputated. They're going blind. They've got all these other issues that underlie from being hugely resistant to insulin, having um, you know obesity and overweight issues that come with stress on the joints, stress on the heart, um, stroke um, inc- you know, increases in um, chances of stroke, heart attack. These issues that come with type two diabetes. It is a horrible condition, and you do not want it, no matter how good the medication. So you must start investing into your health now to make sure that you are what's kind of um, healthy secure. I was going to say financially secure, just like superannuation, as I said, when we invest into it now for later down the line. Healthy secure. So for the years to come that you are putting yourself in the best possible position to reduce your risk of having to deal with these conditions and issues that are going to come later in life if you don't do anything now. Now, you always, whether you know, we've heard this saying before, when was the best time to start investing? It was 20 years ago. But what's the second best time to start investing? Right now. So you might be 40 years of age, 50 years of age, 70 years of age, and sit there and go, well, I'm hearing this podcast, and it would have been great if I heard it 20 years ago, but what's the point? It's too, I'm too old now. It's too late. What's the point? Absolute garbage. It's never too late. Yes, it would have been better if you started years ago, But the next best time is to start now and you can make some significant changes in your life in a six-week, six-month, 12-month time. And so just start investing into that now. Start small. I call it my four pillars of health. Start just understanding the calories in the foods that you're eating. Start making sleep a number one priority. Make sure you are moving as often and as much as you can and introduce some sort of formulated exercise. Now, of course, I'm going to lean on and say you should be doing some strength training. But if you don't like strength training, get to a Pilates class, do some yoga, go dancing, play tennis. I don't care what the exercise is, but just start doing some sort of formulated exercise outside of increasing your movement, as well as start looking at getting some more protein into your life because a higher protein diet is absolutely, forget what vegans want to say. They can sit there all they like and say protein isn't as important we're led to believe. It absolutely is. And every single piece of research out there suggests that people who have a higher protein diet, whether that's plant-based or you get it from animals and plants, do as you please, but protein is important. So please get more protein in. Those four pillars right there, start with just the first one. Start looking at your calories. When you feel like you're starting to nail that, then really start nailing into um, into your sleep and making sure you're getting seven to nine hours sleep every night. Then start really um, 
making an effort to put more um, effort into your movement and your exercise and then start looking at protein. Don't have to do it all on day one, but just start investing. Just like if you're starting to invest in the stock market, you don't go and put all of your life savings in at once and just hope for the best. You dibble and dabble and you start small and start to progress. Learn along the way. What else could you be doing? All of these things are going to really put you in a great place to have a healthy, secure life moving forward, just as you would have a financially secure life moving forward if you started investing little bits and learning along the way from now. So I really hope this podcast has been of value and I hope it smacks you in the face as I hope that these shorter, punchy tight ones do. And they really put on you the kind of want to start taking action. And I can give you some really meaningful tidbits to take away is that, yep, I took away those one or two really important parts that I can move from this and you can start investing into your health. And as I said, you don't wait until, you know, you don't start wait. You don't start investing into your health once you are sick. I want you to start investing in your health while you still can, while you still feel good and while you still have the ability to make it easier than it will be down the line. As I said, you've got to choose your hard Yes, it's hard to start today when you probably don't want to. The COVID world going on at the moment, you know, stressful things always around, but I promise you, life gets even more difficult down the line when you're having to try and do this on top of being sick at the same time. So guys, as always, I really hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you can share it, put it up on your Instagram, make sure you do um, tag me in on it as the No Breakfast Guy um, because I'd love to know that you guys are enjoying these. And if you can, Jump over to um, Apple uh, iTunes if you are listening to it on iTunes. Give it a five-star review. Give it a quickly, uh, quick little comment as well. It would really help me out, and I really appreciate it. But, guys, it's another episode for the week. I hope you're well. I love you lots. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.